of the morning to you, Cisa. You smoothie, me ice cold pizza. Cafe, ole, latte, da. You do the Zumba, but I do not. Give me like half a marathon. I'll give you the gospel of St. John. It's been like the wake up on. Cause we both know that it's mercy flows in the morning. Come on. 
praise God. You got to be patient with me. And you got to be patient understanding this. Don't you just love these songs? Understanding this in your patience. Take my confidence and put it on like armor. Five foot nine, so I try to stand a little taller. To measure up, I gotta work a little harder. It's the human condition. I do it all to make it perfect for the picture. Pretty smile, let me find the perfect filter. If they believe it, maybe I believe it with them. That's the human condition. Lord, help me. I'm so tired of pretending. I can hold it together. When I know that I can Lord, show me I don't have to be worthy It's because of your mercy You love me, you love me just as I am Jesus, Son of God and Son of Man. Good morning. Good morning, Father God. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning and good morning, Chedon. I'm assuming that you all got my um, PDF. And I'm assuming that you got that little, those scriptures on circumcision. And what the Lord brought to my remembrance was that but it was just beginning in Christ. So if you got that PDF, it was titled like Abraham kind of faith. And if you got that, um, those other, I think a hundred pages on circumcision, no hundred scriptures 
and circumcision. And God reminded me when he circumcised my heart. And and I believe that it was very easy or it became very easy for me to go through conversion and to to allow him to purchase me. Because that was one of the first things that he did. But you gotta remember I had been a Baptist all my life, and I had gotten baptized at five years old. And you know what? I questioned a long time when I got baptized at five, why why did I really do it? And so I had convinced myself that I really did it because other people and everybody else was, was being baptized, and every Sunday, in my in my Baptist church because my mother we didn't have no children's church. Everybody went to the same church. And uh my mother was the choir director. So I would sit there every Sunday and I would listen to uh, our preacher's name was Reverend Luther. I would listen to Reverend Luther um preach Daniel in the lion's den, and I would see people get saved every Sunday. Every Sunday, <laughs> somebody got saved. So it was a big church, too, fifth-generation Baptist, missionary Baptist. And um, I would sit there on the pew, little, but it seemed like the pew was big, and it seemed like that walk. Would, would would have to be the longest walk I just in my childish mind. That, that walk would have to be the longest walk. And I knew I was going to take that walk one day. And um, one day, I got up out the pew, walked over to the aisle, and I was right because it felt like that walk was the longest walk that I had ever taken in my life. It just seemed like I just kept walking. And I remember um, my uncle, who was one of the deacons, bent down. And you know how kids have nicknames. He called me by my little nickname. He said, are you sure you want to do this? And I can remember at five, and so then, in in our church anyway, part of my, everybody know, you know your first play you be in. As an angel, in the Christmas play, I had to say, glory to God in the highest. That's all. And I looked at my uncle in the face and I said, glory to God in the highest. And he looked at me like, I was a strange kid anyway. Glory to God in the highest. And and, I, and all the other deacons looked at him and said, she's right, you know. And so I became in the Baptist church what's known as a candidate for baptism. And I was wondering why I didn't say the whole thing from a Christmas play. But that, you know what the angel says. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. King. And I, I remember that. I remember being baptized. remember later on when I got baptized again as an act of my will, I'm fully understanding about immersion. And full immersion. But I can remember that day something. I can't tell you what it was, even though. But I can tell you again 
30 years later, being so low that I wanted to commit suicide because I lost millions of dollars on my son. My husband had died. My first husband had died. Six months, six months prior to me losing all those millions, my husband died jogging. And I can remember being in the worst whole life and not knowing what to do because I lost my mind. I can remember what it feels like to stand up and not have the ability to put one leg in front of the other leg and walk. Because see, when you lose your mind for real, you lose your mind. I can remember not having the ability to think. I can remember not having the ability to put my thoughts together to even construct a sentence because I lost my mind for real. That is why from time to time you'll hear me tell people the worst thing you can be is not an alcoholic. The worst thing you could be is not a drug addict. The worst thing you could be is not a prostitute. Those things can be easily remedied. But when you lose your mind, you have no idea how or where you're going to get it back because you really don't know you lost it. You just know that something happened and you don't have the ability to put your thoughts together. You don't have the ability to think. You look around you and you, you, it's like you're frozen in time. And you stand in there and you, you, You see, I have played with Jesus. Played with Jesus a lot. I had bartered and swapped with Jesus. Jesus, if you do this, I'll do that. Jesus, if you do this, I'll give them $100,000 to put a roof on their church. Jesus, if you do this, I'll pay for their college education. Because I thought that in Christ you could barter with money. See, this morning I'm telling you a little bit more, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story. You see, brothers and sisters, when you lose your mind, when Satan takes your mind captive, everything else follows. I didn't know anything about Satan. I didn't know anything about demons. And what I had heard about witchcraft from my mother was like, look, none of that stuff can touch you ever. If they can put something in your food, they can poison you. But outside of that, don't worry about that junk. That's what she told me. And I don't even know how we came up, because sometimes my mother would um, sit us down and uh, a lot and tell us stories. Tell us stories of when she was growing up. Tell us stories that my grandfather... I don't know why I'm doing this this morning, but my grandfather's name was George Fox, F-O-X. That was my mother's father's name. And my grandfather was full-blooded 
jerking. So my mother would tell us stories that her father and mother had told her, some from the reservation, some from um, my mother's side, which goes back, you know, to slavery. But my great-great-grandmother was a teacher. My grandma, and she only had a sixth grade education, but she had more education than uh, the rest of the slaves, so she was a teacher. So I come from a whole long line of teachers, teachers on one side. My dad, when he met my mother, he didn't even know how to read. See him? My mother taught my father how to read. My mother taught my father. My mother was instrumental. And my father going back, going to school, he got a GED, then he got an AA, then he got a BA, and then he went in the Army. And because of his um, courage, got a battlefield commission and made colonel. I'm sharing with you a little bit of a little bit of my guess a, a little bit of my background. But what I want you to know is nobody's ever given me anything. Nobody ever gave my parents anything but God. God put a will in us. A will, not just to threaten, not just to survive. You know what inspired me to earn my first million dollars? I'm gonna share that with you this morning. My mother graduated from Ball State University with a degree in dietary science. And it was Jim Crow time, so when my mother went to get a job in the hospital as a dietitian, they told my mother she could only carry trays. My mother said, that's a lie, and walked out of there that day and walked into her own business, started her own catering business. Went to the library and got books and learned how to start her own business, how to run it. And what was required, she went over to another college called Case Western Reserve University and learned how to run her own business and started it that day. Printed up her own flyers, became her own advertising manager with with me and us right beside her. And she used the telephone And her first client, I know my mother's first customer, was a lady that owned a company called Avis Rent-A-Car. They're not even in existence anymore. And from that, she got through hard work. My mother worked every day. So that's where I developed a work ethic. And and she and after my father died, she really didn't have to work so hard, but she worked even harder. So that day when I was standing on that sidewalk after I lost my mind, I had purpose in my heart to commit suicide. But when you lose your mind, you're crazy. I did not want to embarrass my mother. I did not want to embarrass my black family. 
that worked so hard in everything they did. And I knew that that would hurt them and embarrass them, and I did not want to do that. So I was going to apologize to my mother before I committed suicide and tell her why I was doing it. And my mother said to me, are you crazy? And I really was crazy. And the rest, I've told you the rest of the story. Rest of that story. When I got, when I entered into the conversion process of God, When he saved my life from not being uh, uh, dead, really. When the devil told me to jump into the Grand Canyon. That's another story. The problem I see, and, and I see lots of them. Number one, I know that I couldn't have killed myself because God had a purpose for my life. So I know God has a purpose for your life. I know that there's more to what God has for you than what you're looking at right now. Even to possess it, you got to work. You got to work. Now, you got to work as hard for Jesus, probably harder. Yeah, probably harder as you on your job or whatever work you do because, brothers and sisters, the world has done a pretty good job of causing Christians to place God in a secondary position. But see, when God saves your life like he saved mine, when God turns you around, when God, you know he has a destiny, your destiny. Now, this is going to blow some of your minds, but that's okay, too. I got a mind-blowing life, a mind-blowing ministry, as you know. You see, my father and my mother all my life told me that God had a plan for me, that, that, that I was worth more, probably, maybe, I could have gone real crazy and so I think it's superior. But my father named me. I'm sure your parents told you who named you, whether it was your father or whether it was your mother, when you were born. I told you how it was a storm. And my dad had to borrow my uncle's hearse to come and pick me and my mama up from the hospital. But I'm going to share something with you now. My mother said, when it was time to name me, she and my dad had talked about it. And they named me Erica. Now, this is what I wanted. And so my mother said to my father, where did you get that name from? Over there in Germany? <laughs> when you were over there in Germany. He said, no. He said, my daughter is going to do something. My mama said, he said, my daughter. My dad, this is the truth. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making this up. I couldn't. My name, my, my mother said, well, how do you spell this, Erica? He said, E-R-I-C-A. And so my mother said, Erica, he said, yeah, it comes out of America. If you will spell 
America, A-M-E-R-I-C-A. You will find E-R-I-C-A, Erica. And my daddy told me, as long as you live and you see the word America and you have not fulfilled God's purpose, it's going to remind you that you got something to do and you haven't completed it yet. So my name is in America, and that's where my daddy got it from. E-R-I-C-A. If you spell America, A-M-E-R-I-C-A. Coincidental? I don't know. And my dad died. He was killed in Vietnam as either military. When the French were in Vietnam, he was killed over there. Do you know what your name means? Do you know where your parents got your name from? They got, they got it from somewhere. But I'm sure, like me, your destiny is hidden in your name. So every time I walk around and see America, I smile. I smile. Because I know that my father did that thinking about war and think about army and think about the military. And I think about it too. So I know I have a destiny in Christ to do something for Christ. And you know what it is? Spiritual freedom. Spiritual freedom. You see, America must be free and remain free as a part of the purpose of God, but America must be spiritually free. And that is the job of everyone that is called by God. Not just America, the whole world. So some, some a, a, a person gave me a card and they said, do you know what your name means? You know how they have these cards, like your name means this or your name means that. Well, Erica means honorable ruler. Honorable ruler. But my daddy had another intention in his mind. <laughs> So, brothers and sisters, God has a purpose for you in a time like this. For this purpose, you've been born. You've been born. And sometimes you have to go back and think about what your parents said to you or what your grandparents said to you. Because God has revealed that to them. Amen, Marcia. Marcia means warrior, and Guerrera means war. But 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 you didn't you didn't you just not here by accident. And everything that has happened to you in your life was not by happenstance. It has something to do with your destiny. And it didn't start yesterday. You know what made me want to be rich? When my mother started that catering business. She didn't know what she was doing. But my mother had people that would fly her, this Avis people that owned this, used to own this Avis rental car, would fly her and all of us 
to Martha's Vineyard up there in Massachusetts in the summertime because that's when my mother would go up there and move her catering business to Massachusetts in the summertime at Martha's Vineyard. And we would we would be staying on the black side and she would be cooking on the rich side. And I that's why I, I hate cooking today. I hate it. That's why God blessed me with a husband that's a chef. I don't cook. I watch my mother's labor. I hate the the feel when that hot oven, when you bake and it hits you in your face. I don't like that. But I would walk around up there and I would I would go in these homes and I would see how these people were living. And I would say, Wow. And uh and uh, I would play with their kids and they would you know, I'd hear stuff like, Well, we've had this a hundred years. I'm thinking, Wow <laughs> And this is worth such and such. And they would give my mother gifts that would be worth a lot of money. We didn't know it. We did not know it. Books. Books. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Whatever it is, God has prepared you for it already. And you have an adversary called the devil. Whose whole purpose of existence is to prevent you from coming into the good that God has for you. The plan, the purpose that God has for you is good, and it's for your good. All those things, even although you may have been in a peculiar situation, but I know God has shown you his best. I know God has shown you his goodness. I know that God has shown you himself. But too many of us fight the conversion process. We don't want to suffer nothing. We don't want to feel no pain. We don't want to work. Salvation is painful. Conversion requires suffering. But God said, there comes a day when you will enter into his rest. You will enter into, you have to enter into the things of God. And guess what? They cost you something. They cost you everything. They cost you you. They cost you you as an act of your own will, being willing to give up your way and embrace his way through change. change and I don't care if you're 109 you're not too old I don't care if you're 4 or 5 you're too young when you may be um, less than 2 but nowadays I don't know brothers and sisters God will change you to the extent he will change your name. That's to the, that's the extent he requires change from you. He will change your direction. 
He will change your very life. But it starts when he changes your heart. It starts there. When he changes your heart. And you must. You must. Yield. And let him do it. You got to see him in the process. You got to see him as the processor. You got to see him delivering you for a purpose. You got to see him changing you for a purpose. And it's not your purpose. It is his purpose. Brother and sister, and the very reason that I use the word of God so much, because only the word of God can change you. All the filler words men use, all the filler words women use. They cannot change you. Only the word of God. Why? Because the Bible says that the word of God is living and alive and works. And works. And works and works and works. The Bible says faith is built up and comes to you by hearing and hearing and hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Don't you know how I felt every time my mom or my dad would point out to me, remember, your name is in America. Remember, no matter what anybody ever says, your name is in America. So every time I look at America anywhere, I see Erica. You've got to allow yourself to be changed. Every time my mom or my dad or now, they knew that even after when they were gone, I would look up and I could hear them telling me. It doesn't matter about anybody else's standards. Your standard has to be God's standard. And I have been attempting to preach this and teach this. Just kind of like the first time I talked about myself because God just dropped it on my heart. Everywhere I have been in these 30 years, what I have noticed is that people in the church, Christians in particular, want to bring people down. They want to bring you down. They're going to find a way to bring you down. If your spirit high, they're going to find a way to bring you down. They're going to find a way to bring you into where they are. But you know what? I'd heard it from my mama. I'd heard it from my daddy. I'd seen it with my own two eyes. Nobody, I promised in my heart, nobody was going to bring me down to their level because my mama and my daddy had already told me. I know the people that know me, I mean, they're they're very few. They'll tell you they might know me, but they don't know me.
I could never, I can't understand with everything that God says you are, with everything that God says you possess, with everything that God has for you, I can never understand why people want to go down to the devil's level. It just never makes sense. But I do understand. I wasn't programmed that way. And I would not allow I would not allow the things that my mother and my father put in me through education and everything else. I would not allow that to be tampered with. So the objective of this ministry is to bring you up. And then when I read where God said, come up higher, come up higher, come up higher, when I read where God said, stand, still stand, and then when I read where the devil said, fall down and worship me, you know my mind couldn't even conceive that because of the fact that my mama said, my daddy said, the preacher said, everybody around me has said, stand up, come up, get up, keep going up. I read when Harriet Tubman was free in the slave and she had a gun and she said, the gun is not for the slave owners. I have the gun to shoot the people who are fighting freedom, the slaves themselves. And I thought about it. And and me and my see in my journey with God. I go to places where, where I guess I'm a, I know I'm a pioneer, but I went to that river point where Harriet Tubman uh, uh, was sitting there with the Union Army and, and that submarine way back then to transport all them slaves up north. I stood there. I want to know that it was real for myself. I stood there in that house, right up there, right here in Georgia, where God gave General Sherman the plan for total army, total war. My purpose in my heart, if God could give them a plan to free people, not to mention Moses, to free people from physical bondage, surely he could give me a plan to free people from spiritual bondage. And he does. And he did. And he will continue until it is my time to leave here and go to be with Jesus. But I'm telling you, it didn't start last week. It didn't start yesterday. It started today. God allowed my father's sperm to connect with my mother's egg and created me for this purpose. I'm telling you, today you got to start in your own heart. Faith toward God. Faith of God. Faith by God. Faith through God. Faith to stand. Faith to recognize and know that you know that you know that the greater one lives in you. That you are the strong man. That 
you have a purpose and that you will fulfill God's purpose on this earth as it is in heaven. Can't nobody pump it up. Can't nobody talk it up. Your imagination can't even imagine it up. But your faith in God can bring it up. Your faith in God can bring it into manifestation. Your faith in God. Your faith in God. Your faith in God's purpose for you being here on this earth for such a time as this. It rests with you. It rests with you. As an act of your own will. It rests with you. Not anybody else. As we get into this speaking, I'm not I'm out of time almost. I probably continue it maybe. I don't know, we'll see. But I'll be on Omega Man tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern, Eastern Standard Time. But see, you're going to have to purpose in your heart right now. You'll have to make a decision. Elijah said, how long will you be of two opinions? How long? Are you going to be double-minded? How long are you going to straddle the fence? How long? How long? You see, when the Lord was able to because I gotten in a position I only want you God but I don't understand you I don't know you all these years I've been cutting deals with you I've been bargaining with you and the devil been laughing at me. I got to the point where I said, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. That's where some of you are. It is not knowledge that's going to make God himself. And I don't understand why you don't understand that. There's only one reason. And that reason has just been reasoned out. You got to surrender. You have to surrender. You got to surrender. 